3: Pittsburgh Steeler fans, what's going on? This is Jeff Hartman, Senior Editor at BehindTheSteelCurtain.com, and you are here for another episode of the Steelers Preview. It is a Festivus episode. Happy Festivus to everyone when this is being recorded on the 23rd of December. And if you're a Seinfeld fan, you know exactly what that means. We are decorating the pole, we are airing grievances, and we are doing our feats of strength. And it's only appropriate that I bring in Brian Anthony Davis. What's going on, Brian?
0: Oh, it is a Festivus miracle that I'm here. So, gentlemen... Just bear with me
3: on this. Bear with me. Uh oh, what's he doing? Is he taking his shirt off? Uh <laughs> <laughs> oh.
2: He's I've saying, got the whole
0: <laughs> And it's gold, so I'm black and gold.
3: <sighs> got it out of the crawl space. <laughs> 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 Festivus for the rest of us. Dave Schofield, what's going on?
4: I thought I thought the poll that uh, that Brian decorated was the one at the Beehive, but Man. um, just just <laughs> that that's just what I thought. I'm doing well. If, if you hear some rumblings in the background, that is some uh, family that I have that uh, that that we're here to uh, celebrate Christmas. My my parents use my house as like a central station, and then other people come and visit them here, um, and us too, I guess. But they're really here to awesome. see my parents, but. They're like, Oh, well you have people. No, this is, this is my chance to now come and spend some time just before Christmas with two of my best friends talking Stillers football and get to be with you all in the live chat. Uh, I wouldn't miss it for the world.
3: Yeah. I hope people realize we are actually friends. Like this is not just like something we do once a week. These are two of my best friends and it's a, it's a lot of fun. I appreciate all the work you all do. I haven't said that publicly a lot, but I want you all to know that. So Let's get things started off with uh, talking about some not so good news. I mean, there has been some news with the Steelers uh, recently, and one of it is that about Adrian Clem. Okay, now Adrian Clem. In, in case you haven't heard the reports, these are not like official, or he hasn't made a statement or anything like that. The reports are that he is going to be leaving the Steelers at the end of the season and going to the University of Oregon. I got to ask you first, Dave. We'll start with you. What was your knee jerk reaction when you heard this news?
4: My knee jerk reaction was Is this another situation that's happened with the Steelers before where they knew that they weren't going to bring a coach back, but they weren't doing anything during the season about it? We haven't heard anything from that. So I would have no reason to think that. But for someone to go ahead and be, you know, still being an offensive line coach, but in the college ranks after being at the pros if that's something desirable or was this something like I better take what I can while I can um, in case things weren't working out here. I We don't know the inner workings of that. I think of that in one, in one regard, but then I also think of the other thing about maybe Adrian Clem was like, seriously, this is what they gave me to work with. And this is what I have to try to, you know, make what I have to do to make chicken salad. You know, that it might be that. I don't know. I've also heard, that he is a fantastic recruiter when it comes to players wanting to, you know, to get players to come to their program. I don't really know what to take of it. All I know is that I, I, I don't. It, it's, it's not like Ben Roethlisberger moving on, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Um, no disrespect to Coach Clem at all, because I think with some of the, I mean, this offensive line was put imagine what this offensive line was supposed to be at the beginning of June and what it was last week. I mean, three pieces from the beginning of June in Zach Banner, who never really came back fully from injury, David DeCastro, who they had to release and Kevin Dodson, who is still on IR not playing last week. They were supposed to be the three integral pieces of this line, you know, and you hope you could get by with chukes at left tackle. And instead Chooks being a right tackle was like your strong point. So not a lot that they had to work with. I, I, I think there, there might be more behind the scenes or we might be completely reading into it. It's hard to
3: say. Yeah. Brian, what was your knee jerk reaction to
0: hearing about the Clem news? You know, my knee-jerk reaction was, oh man, because I, even though everybody is not happy with the way that the offensive line is performing, we've seen some, we've seen some progress and we see a culture building and I just hate to see it start all over because you can throw Mike Munchak in with this group and you're still going to, it's still the players that, that have to put it together. And you've got a lot of young guys. You've got a lot of inexperience there. And they've got to build a build a culture. But I'm noticing some nastiness, and that's a lot that comes from Clem. So I hate to lose him right away because I think that something was being put together. Now, let me go back to my 2 a.m. days. Allegedly, there were a lot of women that wanted to go out with me. So that means that there's just interest from <laughs> Oregon, <laughs> in adrian clem just like guess what 31 other teams would love to have tj watt so there's interest you know anybody could pick up the phone and say hey do you want to trade tj watt next year we'll give you this this and this and they're gonna be no get out of here so until it's coming from clem and you notice that uh, on his expense report that there's there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of trips to Eugene. <laughs> you know, I mean, then then you're like, oh, OK, maybe uh, maybe he really is going. So, you know what? There's always interest in somebody for something. Maybe his ties to the Pacific Northwest or or the or the that time zone. I mean, he was at UCLA. So who knows? Maybe he wants to go back there. I. Maybe he's a Pac-12 guy. I, I don't know. I mean, I I would think for somebody's career that, uh, you know, an opportunity in the NFL would be really good and to uh, continue to pursue that. However, if I look at this, if I'm him, maybe he's looking at a little bit of what Dave said. You know, if he's kind of looking at it like, all right, this is what I'm working with, and we've got the 32nd ranked running game, and maybe this is driving my stock down. So I should leave now.
3: Yeah. But you know, there's a counterpoint to the point of how the, the offensive line is not what it was supposed to be. And that is that now you have young Kendrick green, young Dan Moore, young Kevin Dotson. Um, and you still have Zach Banner coming back and you would really basically be able to kind of really sculpt this line, but you want, but let's just assume that the reports are true and Clem is gone. Dave, if you bring in a new offensive line coach, you think they start to bring in someone that has a completely different approach. I guess it depends on Matt Canada, right? If they're going to keep him or not.
4: Yeah, I mean, you got to see what everything else is, how it's going to play out. That is going to be a question that the Steelers aren't even going to want to start to think about until the season is complete. And I completely agree with that. I will tie this up for something Brian brought up. Adrian Clem went to high school in California and he went to college at the University of Hawaii. Hawaii. He is a West Coast dude um, uh, to start off. And he also uh, worked at UCLA. But when it comes to another O-line coach, that is, uh, that is like the last thing on the mind because you're, you're exactly right, Jeff. It depends what else they're going to do. Remember, their assistant offensive line coach was the offensive line coach for the Falcons for years. Yeah. Um, so they have somebody else there in place. I know, I know people hate to, to hear that they're promoting from within, but after they made that hire, after he was released – I'd have to go back and check the timing. Part of me was wondering if they actually hired Clem before he was let go in Atlanta, and then they hired him as the assistant, that maybe it was one of those deals. It's all speculation. Bottom line is, uh, let's go out and win three more football games in the regular season and get into the postseason, and then we can let those other problems uh, that be be things discussed um, on, on future preview by future Dave, future Brian, and future
3: mm-hmm. Jeff. Now, uh, to finish this out, I mean, you you talk about hiring from within. Brian, are you on the boat of you're okay with it because there's continuity? Or are you on the boat of let's get a fresh set of eyes in here? I'm a
0: fresh set of eyes guy. When they brought in Sullivan from outside, I was like, thank you. You know, bring somebody Hilliard from the outside. Great. You know, I'm glad they're doing that because there's, there's always that mentality that even though I know I can do it better than the last guy, I was under the last guy, and I'm noticing things that I can do better. But there's all, also that mentality that uh, that sticks around. Well, he did these things good, and I'll continue to do this. Sometimes you gotta you have to scrap everything and start over. With I mean, and this is just for an offensive line, and they are starting over, but you need to bring somebody else in. I would rather them do it from the outside, but maybe this is a team that uh scouts first at home.
3: No, you're right. And I feel like it would be gosh, they would be jumping the gun if they've already told Clem that hey, we're probably not gonna bring you back next year. There's still three weeks of the regular season left. Like I think that's you know. That would be pretty it would be jumping the gun to the umpteenth degree, in my opinion. Okay, let's also let, can let's let's
0: jump in real quick here, Jeff. I yeah. I, I gotta bring this up just because I think it's super funny. Um Joshua Francis, can we start a rumor <laughs> that Captain Blue Checkmark is the new O-line coach? <laughs> blue check back. That's
3: right. That's blue yes. check. I should have brought that up with him for my let's ride segment with him uh this Friday, <laughs> but I didn't. I I'll well, I'll start that rumor on Twitter Runs the show's over. Um, And we'll, we'll get that going. I'll retweet it on the behind the steel curtain account. So uh, a little bit more of a coverage, but let's, let's stick with the offensive line. A lot of people. And I know that there's people that are on the screen right now that have had uh, all their hopes or maybe a lot of their hopes of the offensive line tied into the return of Kevin Dotson. So Kevin Dotson had his clock started. His 21 day window started this week. Mike Tomlin talked about it on Tuesday, and I think it was made official on Wednesday, I believe. Um, Dave, when you think about Kevin Dotson coming back, do you think that that's a – is that as good as it's going to get for the offense? Whenever he comes back. Because I don't think he's coming back this week. No one from IR, once they've had the 21-day window, I was messaging Dave on Slack about this earlier. No one for the Steelers that has been on injured reserve that has had their 21-day clock started has come back that week, not one. And so I don't think Dotson's playing this Sunday, but when Kevin Dotson comes back, you just plug him back in there. What do you do with LaGlue? Do you keep everything the same? What, what are your thoughts about that?
4: My thoughts are every other guy that's been out and come back off IR wasn't already a starter this season. He's, this is a starter coming back. Now, that's one thing. Now, I know you see other teams and you're like, well, Bud Dupree, they opened his window and then he came back and played that week against the Steelers. The, every team does it differently. You know, some, I, I heard Titans fans say, oh, Dupree's back this week. The guys for Tennessee Titans Weekly that were on the, the Know Your Enemy, all Dupree's back. He's not on the roster. He wasn't on the roster. They, they, But a lot of other teams, as soon as they bring him back, they do that. The Steelers... They only do it if they feel like they're ready and they're going to use them. And then think about it. Were they ready to use Zach Banner when he came when he started his 21-day window? They needed to practice him, but he wasn't ready to go in and play. Um, was McFarlane? I mean, he's still not getting a helmet, it wasn't him. Uh, who else? I'm trying to remember. Uh, Carlos Davis was the other one who's come yeah. back. I J.C. mean,
3: but he's still hasn't come back.
4: No, he's, but he started his one, but he's another example of what you right. said because he started last week and wasn't right. brought back for this week. I would not be shocked if Kevin Dodson is brought back this week. But I don't know if they're going to have him play for sure. They're down linemen. They are. They're I, they are down offensive linemen because when, when I hear down <laughs> linemen, I, yeah, they're, when they, they don't have enough offensive linemen. They've been having to bring one or two from the practice squad every week just to have the eight that they're supposed to have. So I, if you know if Zach Banner's on the COVID list, if you know we. I'm crossing, isn't it sad that I have to cross my fingers and hope that Dan Moore was just an illness while he was limited today and that it's not anything that would be COVID-related? Yeah, but that's that's where they are right now. I mean, they have Joe Hegg that now you could say is just a tackle. They need more interior guys. I would not be shocked to see. I think Hassenauer will be back this week and wouldn't be shocked if they go ahead and have Dotson available, but don't know if they'll play him or not.
3: Brian, what do you think about Kevin Dotson's potential return? Part of me says smoke them if you got them. but if
0: uh, if they're not ready to be smoked, you can't bring them out there. So, I mean, if you can't open that pack for some reason, you're not going. Boy, I'm endorsing smoking. I I don't understand. <laughs> but um, all oh, cast <laughs> brought to you by Marlboro. <laughs> a grow mustache over the Marlboro man. <laughs>
3: it's a striking resemblance, Brian. Even if with the. <laughs> I just put a flannel shirt on. We're good. Um, Where's my horse?
0: (laughs) Come on. We got to get Dave laughing. Um, Now, you know what? I didn't want the background noise. The dog was barking. I can't hear anything. You you guys can't hear me. I mean, I would love to see him play this week. Uh, He has not done anything wrong to be Wally pipped. You bring him back if, if you got him. And if it's, he's able to go, he ready. plays. But if he's not ready,
3: you know, and I don't think he's ready because we we would know if he was ready. I'm calling my shot right now. JC Hassenauer gets activated. Kevin Dotson does not. He remains practicing, and then he'll start next week against uh, Cleveland. Dave, what do you want to say? I'm calling my shot.
4: Kevin Dotson get gets activated and starts this week. I hope you're right. And the reason I'm saying that is, I think he would have come back and started practice last week, but it was the sh- it was the short. No, it was the extra week, and yeah. it should have happened last week. You know, so I was thinking it was the short week because that's when he could have come back, and yeah. they didn't do it. They they held him out for a reason. Those high ankle sprains, man, they're tough. If, if you think you if if he's good enough to practice. But he doesn't end up on the injury report because he's not on the roster. For exactly. all we know, he started to practice, and he's doing a few things and can't do anything. We, I need to scour through the pictures because we just don't know.
3: We don't well, and it. the thing is, too, is that they, they use this as a little bit of sportsmanship, too. Yeah. The, the Steelers could say, Dotson's playing. He's good to go. Yeah. Yeah. But we're not going to do anything until Saturday. Why? We don't have to do anything until Saturday. And then we reinstated. Christmas restarting. miracle. There so, you go. Yeah. <laughs> Well, if Where's you guys the-
0: are calling shots, I am too. He's not playing. Okay.
4: okay. Mine's, um, mine's, a, mine's, a, mine's a go West prediction. I, I can't help it.
3: There you go. <laughs> well, a good segue into our next topic. Felicia gives us $5. Thank you for the tip, Felicia. We appreciate it. She said, Kurt po- Popejoy of the Steelers Wire mentioned that the Broncos released Avery Williamson today. You think the Steelers would call him back? So Avery Williamson was the one they traded for the New York Jets last season after uh, Devin Bush was injured. And now Devin Bush finds himself on the reserve COVID-19 list. So I guess maybe he could play this week. I don't know. It depends on all these new protocols. Anyways, let me ask you this, Brian, I'll start with you. You calling uh, Williamson back? I have no
0: problem calling Williamson back. The only thing is I don't think he would be eligible because of, uh, isn't it when you sign somebody, you can't start in COVID times, you can't start them right away. Isn't there like a, uh five-day window, or is that gone? I don't
3: know if that's gone or not. Uh,
4: with the whole vaccination deal, I don't know that that's still there. Dep- I think because it, it depends on the status of everything there. I'm, I'm not 100% sure, but that's
0: what I think. He would just be a hard plug-in for mm-hmm. uh this quickly.
3: Yeah. I agree. Dave, what about and you? And
4: honestly, is he better than Spillane?
3: Well, or I also... Are you- well, don't forget Buddy yeah. Johnson was getting snaps before he right. hurt his foot and didn't get to play against Tennessee.
4: Exactly. And I mean, he wasn't, lot, he wasn't getting yeah. a lock, but he was getting a go. And UG3's been active every game playing special teams, hasn't played a defensive snap. The yeah, Steelers are actually not. very deep at inside linebacker. They just haven't been playing them.
2: Yeah.
3: So let's talk about the the COVID players, not for the Steelers, because Devin Bush is the only starter that finds himself on the reserve list. Kansas City is a different story. We know the players. We know Kelsey. We know Hill. We know Butker. Butker's definitely not going to play, I don't believe, because of his status and and things of that nature and the new protocols, but still or the protocols. Nonetheless, I do want to ask you all which camp you reside in when it comes to, we want to beat them at their best, or I'll take not having to defend Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey. Brian, where do you fall in regards to your opinion and your approach to a game like this, and the potential of not have them not having some of their best players. If I'm being perfectly honest, I'm the kind of person that
0: will say we want to beat them at its best just to uh, sound better than I actually am, and I'm a complete wang <laughs> when I say, "Man, I was thrilled to see that <laughs> guys on the list." I was like, "I mean, I was like, yeah." Dun, 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 dun hope they don't play (laughs) you know I, i was like that and i hate being that guy but at this point it's like yeah i don't want to play those guys because i know what they do kelsey i can be honest with you i think kelsey is on his way to being the one of the greatest titans of all time definitely statistically he he probably will be but I think he's absolutely fantastic and especially after the catch he is so completely dangerous and then you've got a guy like Tyreek Hill who could be silent in quarter number one quarter number two and quarter number three and gain 150 yards in quarter number four he is that kind of guy too so those guys are so dangerous and at this point you can't You can't sit there right now and say, oh, I want to be complete sportsmanship guy. And I don't I mean, I hope they play and we beat them at their best. No, I want to get in anything you've got to do to beat this team. If you've got to if you've got to go ahead and uh, and put like a itching cream in their jocks, like Revenge of the Nerds and go in there at this point, (laughs) you do it. Icy hot, or li- li- oh, it was like Revenge yeah, of the Revenge of the Nerds. It was liquid heat, is what they use. Ah. If, if if you've got to do that, go get the alphabetas. You've got to at this point.
3: Dave, what, where do you fall on that spectrum? Oh, I could
4: give all the the Tomlin lines of the nameless gray faces and things things of that nature. Bottom line is, I want the Steelers to win. I do, so I'm going to give you a nice Dave answer. I'm going to say, if you go out there and beat the team, I don't care if they have everybody or if they have nobody. I want the win. Now, if you if you don't get the win, but you're trying to take some kind of moral victory, you're not going to get much of a moral victory unless they have all their players.
3: Yeah, that's that's you know, a good. That's a very good point. Very good point. For me, I look at this and I say, I just want the I just want the W. Yeah. I'll give you a perfect example. I went to a chiropractor today just for my monthly adjustment, and he's a Steeler fan. He is, What do you think? You want them to play? I'm like, heck no, I don't want them to play. He goes, Well, at this point, don't you kind of want a better draft slot? I was like, at this point, even if they lost their last three games, the draft slot's not going to be that big of a difference. You know, it's it's going to be I think it's going to be very minimal in terms of where they would move. I said, I want these young guys to get in the playoffs. I want these young guys to experience a postseason game, even if it's just one. Because think about all the youth that they have on that team. Uh, the rookies, if, if Isaiah Loudermilk starts this Sunday, it would be, the what, the fifth rookie to start for the Steelers this he's, season? He's starting. Yeah, so think about that. Like, that's absurd. Now, that's out of necessity. That's not because they're all outstanding. And he was it's supposed still, to not play any snaps this year. <laughs> I know. He was going to be inactive every week. That's yeah. what we said. That was our prediction. But so for me, it's like, no, I don't want to screw that. If they don't have to guard Travis Kelsey and Tyreek Hill – Show me a Steeler fan that wants them to have to do them like well you really don't want them to win, <laughs> Cuz I don't care how they do it. I just want them to win the game. I just want them to win. That's it. Uh Brian anything to add to that? No,
0: I I agree with you 100% and I know your chiropractor and yeah. and uh he's he's a good dude and I think he's uh, uh I see what he's saying but no. Any any experience you get? For those young guys. And I'm not trying to be correcty and I might be wrong in this, but does Norwood count as a starter, too? Because I believe he started. He did start week
3: one, didn't he, Dave? Didn't they come out in uh, the dime or nickel and he was that player that Oh, he
4: started week one. I can let you know for sure how many games he's actually started.
3: I think because. In the five, though, because you have Najee, Dan, Kendrick. Well, you got
0: four on offense.
3: I know. So then you would have Dan Norwood. Warren. I,
0: I count Presley Harvin as a starting nope. punter,
3: but he's never started he's technically. He's never started. Yeah, but he but never you, starts. Could have, okay. you could have six then. Matt Loudermill could be six. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because Norwood, not counting
4: start. Harvin. Yeah. And um, he's, he's, he started three games so far this season. Norwood has based on the defensive alignment they started with. Well, wait a second. You also got to remember against the Chargers, he played 100% of the snaps. Yeah. Because there was no Minka. Well, yeah. So sure Norwood definitely has started. You know,
3: he started. So that would be six. If Laudermilk gets six, it's not five. That's wrong. So that's six. Yeah. Out of nine players, eight yeah. of which made the roster, Quincy Rochet was the only one. Am I right? Yeah. Yep. You're it correct. gracious. Okay. Hey, Dave, you have the injury report there? I do. I had it up and ready to go. Yeah, you didn't have yeah. to wait for me there to find There you go. It. He's learning. All right. Let's yeah. go over the injury report.
4: Okay, well let's go ahead and talk about uh, the the people that have that have practiced fully both days but were still on the list. Buddy Johnson with his foot, Kevin Rader with his hip. They both missed last game. Full, full. They they should be good to go barring. Anything crazy. But we say that, but this time last week, Buddy Johnson was not on our radar at all to be ruled out for the game. That injury didn't show up until Friday. So that's those Ben Roethlisberger had a little bit of a flippity flop this week. If you notice that. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Get, catch you on the flippity flop. Sorry. Um, <laughs> um, that on uh that on Wednesday, he was full, but on Thursday he was limited, which to me, that's all about, you know, number of throws trying to keep them about the same um, Joe Hayden, who, who didn't practice on Wednesday, but they didn't even list it as a foot they listed it as a coach's decision that was that that just felt so much better seeing that um when i saw the injury report yesterday i'm like oh then he's fine and he was back to full today the ones that you have to worry about um two two players that didn't participate at all the last two days uh, pat Frere-Muth and the concussion protocol no practice two days in a row i don't jeff do you see any way no, no. no. i mean to no. me I'm already writing that in tomorrow's injury report. He has been ruled out. Um, I mean, he could, the only difference is, will he be limited on Friday or will he be, did not participate on Friday, but either way he's going to be ruled out in my opinion. Um, Chris Wormley also has not practiced the last two days with his groin injury. So uh, that's why we were talking about Isaiah Loudermilk. And then the only other player that showed up on the injury report new on Thursday was Dan Moore jr. As I mentioned before with an illness and, I just kind of want to ask you guys about that real quick. There are a lot of possibilities here. When you're when you are limited with an illness, you know, sometimes limited means you just can't do everything. You know, may, maybe he just wasn't feeling up to, to doing everything, maybe he didn't have the energy, maybe he had a maybe it was a, you know, like m- my son was dealing with a cough uh and I didn't want him running as much as he normally would. Maybe it was something like that. Or was it something where he started practice and they had to pull him out for either a suspicion of or something dealing with COVID. I'm hoping it's not that, but we can't say that that's not possible. Um, so hopefully we'll get a little bit more clarity on that tomorrow. Do you think the Dan Moore is it weird to have a limited for illness? Wouldn't you say?
3: I would think it's very weird, and it's not something I've seen a lot of since covering the team as closely as we do. Um, But yeah, limited. I mean, they could also say that maybe he was, heck, it could be a, he could have seasonal migraines. Technically, they could put that as an illness. Michael Mallett says, (laughs) I I thought of something else. I mean, yeah, I, I thought he had the Mississippi. 40s Lamar first, Jackson you
4: know?
3: I, IBS. As Jeff likes to say. It wasn't maybe it was me. It wasn't practice. me. You know, it wasn't you know, me. That was my that's one of my good friends who's a yeah. season ticket holder for the Ravens. He said that he thinks that Lamar has IBS. Not did me. Get it right.
4: I mean, honestly, <laughs> I never thought of that until just now that you know, maybe he's feeling maybe maybe he didn't have some. maybe didn't have something very good for lunch, didn't sit very but, yeah. well, and uh, needed to visit the facilities during practice. They would have to report that he was limited because he didn't do everything. So it could be something like that, all the way up to other things.
3: It's just, yeah. Just picturing a big guy like Dan Moore running into the <laughs> facility. Uh,
4: I, I, hey, no disrespect I've Dan done Moore. that at many arrests. <laughs> so let me just yeah. tell you
3: that.
0: Uh,
4: I've, you know, I, th- who hasn't been there before? I mean, come on. <laughs> gotta
3: we've, go, we've, gotta go, gotta go right now.
0: <laughs> yeah, we've, we've, we've been there before. Yeah. <laughs>
3: I I'm at seven centimeters. i yeah. gone. What?
0: <laughs> seven.
3: <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs>
0: this will be the last show that Brian appears on.
3: Sponsored by Marlboro. Funny. Check oh. out Brian and the new <laughs> ad campaign.
0: All,
4: all all, jokes. Hey, at least we're not talking before in the offseason when we talk about somebody's a solid number two. Uh, that's that nature. <laughs> um, all jokes aside, I I just hope, honestly, I hope that's what it was with Dan Moore. No offense, I, I yeah. want to see him out there on the field. He has... He is—he's one of the few. I don't want to say he's one of the few. I feel that he is getting better. He's getting stronger as the season goes on. Now, does it mean that he doesn't have a can't have a game where he has a bad matchup? I mean, when they go up against Cleveland again, I bet you I think he gets a terrible score because you know he only slowed down Miles Garrett and didn't dominate him. You know what I'm saying? Which is kind of dumb. But I feel like Dan Moore is getting. Experience and playing time this year that you'd never imagine. And I feel like he's taking advantage of it. The big to me, of the two rookies, Kendrick Green's problem is his hands, and Dan Moore's problem is his feet. And I feel that Dan Moore's feet have gotten better as the season went on.
3: You would know better than me. Yeah. Um, Brian, anything to add to the Dan Moore nonsense? Or are you <laughs> yeah, No, I, I
0: will say this in all seriousness. I love this guy. I love number 65. And I really think that, you know, you, you know who he reminds me of another number 65. He reminds me of John Jackson back in 1989, who you who is starting the season at. I believe he was starting a left tackle as well. And they lose 51 to nothing in that game to the Browns. And then they lose 41 to 10 against the Bengals the next week. And he keeps on going. And then he becomes a mainstay at tackle for about eight, nine years in Pittsburgh. And it, and he was a raw rookie just like Dan Moore was. And it gets me excited because I really think that these guys that are having major growing pains right now, and I'm not talking about the hit show with, uh, the Seaver family and the great Alan Thick may rest in peace. Now I'm not talking about that, but the growing pains that they're having right now, it is only going to benefit this team with these two rookies starting and younger guys. Like maybe a Lagloo turns into a Villanueva type of guy that sticks, you know? So I'm getting excited about the prospect of all of these guys, but more for me seems like we're going to be talking about him as an amazing value for a fourth rounder. So when I saw him on the list, I'm like, no, this is the guy that I continue to look for every week and continue to cheer for. It's like, he's become my spirit player.
3: There you go. There you go. So we're finally getting to the headline of the podcast tonight. And that is the chief concerns. And we'll play on words there uh, for the Steelers and Arrowhead on Sunday. When you think about the chiefs and let's just, for the sake of the fact that they are ruled out still, let's just, let's just rule out Kelsey Hill what concerns you the most about this upcoming matchup in week 16? Dave, we'll start with you.
4: That the defense has been really strong lately. Kansas I city's mean,
3: defense. Yes. Okay.
4: Yes. Kansas city's defense. That's what's made their season turn around. I mean, after they lost, what was it? 27 to three to the Titans. You know, there, yeah. then, then the defense has is, is started to, that's what really got things going. Cause I mean, Kansas City's won seven in a row, but the first couple that they won, they still didn't score many points. The defense just kept it going. It wasn't until they exploded for like 41 against the Raiders that, that the offense really started to get going too. So that, that defense in there um, I'm a little concerned, you know, with the, with the Kelsey Hill, if they don't play, then Kansas City's just going to say, you know what, we're going to run the ball every single play because I think that's, spells bad news for the sealers
3: good brian what about you what is uh the, the thing that concerns you the most about this game this upcoming sunday when patrick mahomes is in the
0: pocket he's very sackable but what happens to this
3: uh-oh brian you're, you're we lost you brian he's talking but
4: yeah we can see his mouth moving but we can't make out the words <laughs>
3: Now, 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 now,
4: now he's back to muted. It was something. Yeah, I, don't, I bet you. I oh bet you. I oh bet oh you. The mic. Did he unplug yeah, the mic? I don't know.
0: You know. Oh, there it oh, is. He's back. Yeah. You know what happened? Well, no. My companion unplugged the mic for him. <laughs> <laughs> Ryan. The doxin, your wiener the Put mic every year. Away. Yeah, my, my wiener is knocking things out, so yeah, better exactly ex- please,
4: please explain for those of people who are listening. I, I have a doxin, I have a wiener dog,
0: and and she's uh, little Hermy is uh, hanging out with me tonight, and uh, because the new dog kind of picks on her a lot, so she has a little pillow right next to me, and uh, she. She knocked out my mic cord. So, um, anyways, I was saying something poignant when she did that. So, let, let's get back to that. So, Patrick Mahomes to me is a guy that when he's in the pocket and you rush him, you have a chance to sack him. But when he moves outside that pocket, he's only been sacked once this year. And that's when he gets very dangerous. You know, he could beat you with his feet, you know, he could be a throwing on the run. And He is always dangerous, and this is not his best year. Patrick Mahomes is not having a Mahome-like season, but he's still that guy. He's still number 15. He's still a former MVP, and he's that kind of guy that when it comes to the two-minute drill at the end of the game and he has the ball, you worry about that. So what you want to do with him, you want to make sure that they are not having the ball last but where they have an advantage is knowing that Harrison Butker is out of this game it makes it so you will see Mahomes going for it on fourth down maybe a little bit more in situations where they're not going to go for a long field goal which is also dangerous because if a guy like Travis Kelsey is in this game fourth down you know he's getting the ball
3: yeah, I did. There's a lot of concerns about this game. And who is the center? They have a rookie center, lefty. What is his name? Creed Humphrey. Creed Humphrey. There you go. Pro Bowler, too, right? Uh-huh. Was he a pro? Bowl? I don't know. Not that um, that means anything. It's I'll, a popularity contest.
4: Uh, well, not just amongst fans. Fans that votes only count for like, what, 25% of it?
3: Now, they had a day where votes count double. Like, what are we doing with yeah. the Pro Bowl? Like, that's that's stupid. Yeah, it really and, doesn't. No, has yeah, had a any, great season. They, yeah, we'll say that. But this is a game where he was, he was
4: my first round pick for the Steelers. Yeah, that's why I thought no, would take. But, but this is a game didn't even you, take him in the second. Man,
3: this is a game where you might line Cam Hayward up over him a couple times, and and let him see what it's like to go up against a guy like Cam Hayward. And he, I, I I always go back to when Cam went up against oh gosh the guard for the uh, the Colts a couple Quentin of years. Quentin Nelson, ago. Quentin Nelson, who's considered one of the best guards in the league. And He's a man, Pro Bowler. Yes, yes, and he he deserves it too. He's an All Pro. I, yeah, think. I don't think Humphrey was. I know the guy from the Chargers was. Yeah, he he was
4: Yeah, wasn't that the guy for the Chargers? Wasn't that someone that Michael wanted to sign? I'm sorry. Go ahead. Finish up, Jeff.
3: <laughs> and he—he he made it, Cam has made more than one player look really foolish and made him look like a little kid. Maybe this is a game hmm. where the the Steelers can mix something up. They've tried to put Cam at nose before. Uh, I'm trying to remember the game that they did that. It might have been Cincinnati.
2: Uh, when it they got blown
3: work. out and it didn't yeah. work, it didn't work well at all, but I'm not saying they do it all, all the time, but they do that a, you know, a, a couple times. We'll put it that way. Just to, just to mix it up and put that, put him over the rookie, see what he can do. We've seen Kendrick green, get blown off the ball. Let's see if he can blow up a uh, Creed Humphrey. Um, Tyler W gives us $2. He said, can we please get hashtag bad Wang podcast in the off season? I, I'm working on it. I'm trying to get Brian to figure something out. We're going to see what we can do. We're going to see. And now remember,
4: Tyler was part of our, of our game podcast, so he yep. has had his voice heard on the BTSC podcast network.
3: He's at the game, which, by the way, Dave, I want to ask you, I've, I've been I wanted to start the show off this way. We got off on a tangent. How was last week? I mean, what was the vibe like in the stadium? Were, were people in it? I mean, obviously, when the game was going on, yeah, you get hyped up. What was the vibe before the game? Were people optimistic? Were they pessimistic? Like, what, what, what was the take?
4: I will be 100% honest with you. I don't think I have ever gotten to the stadium that early other than the first time I went with my dad in 2015 as what I did for this game. Normally I'm getting off the gateway clipper and trying to get my, um, inactive article ready. I, I got the inactive article ready in my seats. We got there early. So if anyone came by, we could hang out and talk the vibe where I was for the people that came up to us was great, but I wasn't walking around the concourses as well, but it was cold. It was cold. Like where I was, if you went in the concourse, the wind was whipping in there and it was freezing. It wasn't like get up from your seats and go warm up up there. It was even worse. So, uh, but during the game, the vibe was, positive. Yeah, you know, you heard the booze for the Presley Harvins and you've heard the booze for 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 some various other things. But it wasn't that it was it was a it wasn't like oh you stick your toe. It was disappointing of how it was going. I don't think that any fans, especially in my area or the way the energy was in the in the stadium, felt that the Steelers were out of it at any point, even when they were down 10 at halftime. Um so it was really exciting and electric um and from from where i sat in 122
3: there you go i mean that was i was sitting there watching i was like this is a great game for dave to be at with his brother yeah i mean it's just a cool memory how many people stopped by and saw you though
4: oh we had a we well
3: (laughs) i had some people that knew were coming
4: tyler was there had um andre from ohio he was the first person who found us he's never been in a live chat but he listens to the show on youtube after the facts Every time, and he's like, I, I don't miss him. He was there with a, with a buddy. They came, took some pictures with them. Uh, had some other people that I just knew from other places that came up that, that was coming to the game. So if I knew them outside of BTSC, I didn't know if that really counted. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So, yeah, but it was still yeah. So, was was still, yeah well, we had a number of people come come by and hang out and talk and the, the, the here ran it. The, the two guys um, or the guy and his son behind us. I remember giving them a card a couple of years ago. Next thing they were excited to talk to Rich because they loved the knee jerk reaction article.
3: There you, you know? go. Ran good. into a
4: guy at sheets after the game. <laughs> that was like, oh, behind a steel curtain, yeah, I follow you guys. I'm like, yeah, I'm the editor, I do a lot of stuff. My brother, he does the knee-jerk gra- Oh, I love the knee-jerk reaction. <laughs> <laughs> Bad's the one who who got the reputation for that one going.
0: Yes,
3: but, that uh, is true.
4: A, just a lot of good Steeler fans are ran into it, and people that, you know, whether they were looking for us, they were like, oh, yeah, I know what you guys do. That's so awesome. It was pretty nice. Yeah, that's awesome.
3: All right, let's do some over-under. You all ready? Yep. Alright, here we go. Let's go. Ben Roethlisberger attempts. Okay, how many times he's going to have to th- chuck the ball around the yard this Sunday? I'm setting it same line I did last week. 35 and a half. He was under big time uh, in yeah. week 15. Brian over under. If this was 75, I might flirt with the over. I think he's
0: going to have to throw it a lot this game, Jeff. So okay. over. Dave over under.
4: But you said it at what? 35 and a half? Correct. Whoa. That was a, That's a Man, that's a good number. Um, I'm I know going what to go. Doing, Dave. I know. <laughs> I keep saying it every week. Like, Jeff, you, man, uh, most of the time with you when it comes to numbers, I assume you're just kind of pulling them out of nowhere.
3: Thing I'm good at
4: it. But this your question. I'm going to say barely under. I'm going to say he goes over 30, but I don't know that he goes over 35.
3: I'm going to agree with Dave. I think it's slightly under. Let's go, Najee Harris, rushing yards. Najee Jerome Harris. We got to get back to that. (laughs) Najee, his middle name is Jerome, last name Harris, rushing yards 65 and a half. Brian over under. This might be wishful thinking. What do you think? Let's go, let's go under. Yeah. I hate to, but I know. I know. Dave over under.
4: I'm going to go, I'm going to go west and, and, and go over because. It would be nice just to see Najee bust one. I mean, wouldn't it be fantastic to see the Steelers bust a 30-yard run? I mean, when's the last time we saw a 30-yard run by a running back? Um, it's been a while. So
3: let's well, let's have
4: some fun and say over.
3: I'm going to go over for a couple reasons. One, there's a chance Kevin Dotson returns. Two, with Pat Fryermuth out and Gentry playing more, he is the better blocker of the two. So maybe that'll play a little bit of a role. We know that Kevin Rader can block, too. So maybe they'll have better run blocking than they usually do. If Dotson comes back, I definitely think it's over, but we'll see if that happens. Speaking of Gentry and Raider combined receptions between the two. Okay. Combined receptions for Zach Gentry and Kevin Raider. I'm setting the line at four and a half. Brian over under
0: over six.
3: Really? Yep. Okay. Dave,
4: I'm going over five with Gentry four, Raider one.
3: I want to say over, but I'm going to say under and just say two apiece. I just don't think they're going to target either one of these guys that much. That's just my opinion though. That's not uh, safety, safety
4: net. He can be a, gentry yeah. can be a safety net. I I loved that when Furmuth went out. No, oh, I don't love that Furmuth went out. Yeah. But when Furmuth went out, the very next play they went to Gentry. The
0: very next play. And I loved his walk back. I said this to Jeff mm. last week. He walked back. It was not taunting, but he just Walked with like a, his arms out with authority chest out <laughs> and walked back to the huddles. Like, yeah, that's Robo
3: right. Robo cop. Yeah. <laughs> he was a, he trucked the dude. Um Okay. Let's Remember, get Deont- he's He's the fifth of Mr.
4: Third and fifth.
3: That's yep. right. That's yeah. a good point. Speaking of the other part of that, Deontay Johnson. Yeah. Targets eight and a half over under Brian. Over. I what
0: think I they have. have I think he is the guy that they want to go to right now. There's a little bit of a doghouse right now with Chase Claypool. There are rumors uh, circulating. I believe it came from the uh, the Tribune review that uh, he was a benched a little bit last week because of an altercation with the coach. I don't know how that's, that's what the hearsay is out there. And so if he isn't a doghouse, then you're looking at your number one guy to uh, – somebody to rely on. And he, without Friermuth, Johnson
3: is even more paramount for this team. As you said over, because last week I said it at 10 and he was under Uh, Dave eight and a half over under Deontay Johnson targets.
4: Once again, I'm wishful thinking. Therefore I'm going to say under because when the Steelers are able to spread the ball around more and not target Johnson too much, that they do better. I still think he's going to get seven catches on seven targets and go for over 100 yards, but they won't have to throw it to him every time.
3: There you go. I'm going to go under with eight. Next- and we're back. <laughs> yeah, well, next is Chase Claypool receptions. Him catching the football. Four and a half. Over under, Brian. Under. Oh, Gosh. Okay. Dave.
4: Um, Do you think it's possible for him to have zero again and yet still have (laughs) receiving yards? Yeah. I'm sorry. I still love that. Um, I could have done, I didn't even mention on stat geek and I could have talked about it the entire episode, but still I am going, you said four and a half. Yep. I'm going under with receptions. I think he has more targets than that, but he's not going to catch them all.
3: I think it's over. I think he has about six because I think they're they're going to want to get his confidence up. That's the way Ben typically handles these type of players. And we've seen defenses give Deontay Johnson more and more attention as the season goes on, which should leave Claypool more one-on-one. Yes, Dave?
4: I don't know if anyone saw it today. Report uh, from Mark Cabali of The Athletic. First player on the field for practice,
3: Chase Claypool. Last player on the field for practice, Chase Claypool.
2: It's
3: a good start. Good. It's a good start. Steelers turnovers, them turning the ball over. I'm going to set it at a half. Brian, over under. You know what?
0: There's always that potential for one. And even if you just get – if you get one, that's not the worst thing in the world. So I'm going to say over, but I'm going to say slightly. Just one. Okay. Dave?
4: What was the number again? A half. Half. Turnovers. Oh, man. See, I think they will. – I'm going to say – I. My, my head says over, but I'm going to go with my heart and say under, because if they want to have a chance to win this game, they got to take care of the ball. So they have to keep it under. They have to yeah, in order to stay in it.
3: I'm going to say under, I think they play a clean brand of football. They've been doing that pretty much. Didn't have any turnovers last week. Had that one interception against Minnesota the week prior. I think they go under, let's go Steelers takeaways. Now, you know, the the chiefs have turned it over 25 times. Uh, They have not turned it over as frequently as they were earlier in the season. Uh, but still, I have it, the takeaway number at one even. Brian over under,
4: push one. Okay, Dave. I'll agree with Brian. That sounds that sounds about right. They've been playing pretty
3: clean. Over two, I think they get two. Maybe it's a fumble. Uh, the Steelers are finding a way, and they come if, in bunches.
4: If they end up plus two, they they have a they have a real good chance.
3: I like it. Yeah. And the last one here, Ben Benjamin Todd Roethlisberger touchdown passes. I have the line at one and a half over under. Brian two okay dave? yeah no
0: over no actually more than two i i think he's over i'm actually gonna say two or three not very good dave
4: i'm gonna say over but i'm not gonna say how many because i don't know
0: got it okay All <laughs> more right.
4: than last well, week
3: <laughs> yeah well that's, well, that's what something. was that
4: streak that came to an end how many
3: games Most consecutive he... games with a touchdown throw, throw. yeah yeah been like 20, around. 26, 28 games, something like that.
4: I thought it ended with a 7. I couldn't remember if it was 27 or 27. 27. I don't know. I don't know. 27 don't know. sounds great. We'll go with it.
3: All right, that sounds good. Let's do our predictions. Brian, what's your score prediction? Or Dave, what is the line now? Because it's jumped all over the place. It's gone down to 7 now. I saw it was eight and a half last time it, I was, I, it was eight and a
4: half when we started the show. Better make sure it didn't change since we started. But, yeah, because I did check right before we went on, and it was eight and a half, and we are – do, 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 scrolling. It is still eight and a half with the over under at 45.
3: Okay. Brian, what's your prediction? What's your score? This game is reminding me a lot about a game that Dave
0: Schofield went to in 2018, and it was the Patriots game. It was at home, and I can see the Steelers going up against like, the top seed in the league. And desperate for a win to get into the postseason and end up at the end, Katrina and the waves walking on sunshine. It's going to be 30 to 28 in favor of the Steelers, and we are going to have a glorious post
3: game podcast. That would be something. All right. I love it. Dave, what's your prediction?
4: My prediction is I so want to go with the Steelers in this game. I think they can. If they can show up and play, and Kevin Dodson, that would help a lot. But then again, you would also have to play well. And then you've still got you've got T.J. Watt played at a game that he's not coming off of an injury, but he's got to play the whole game. Knock on wood, you know. The when and the Steelers haven't lost any of those. There are so many things that I could see that they could win this game, but this is the most difficult game, biggest underdog they've been all season. They need to they they they, they need to play the role of big road dog. I talked about it on sat Geek. But right now, if I had to put my money on it, I'm going to go with Kansas City 31-27. to Mm -hmm. But I also think that a lot of that depends on if we find out a little bit closer to game time, which players I'm assuming everyone for Kansas City is going to play. And if they're not, then I might have to reconsider.
3: I am, uh, well, obviously I I am going to pick the Steelers to win because that's just what I do. I am a Homer. So people that are watching the live chat say Jeff's a homer. right? Yeah, I know that. I, I'm a self-proclaimed Homer and I'm proud of it. So there you go. Um, I think the Steelers win this one on the last second, Christopher Lynn Boswell field goal in a place where he once beat the chiefs all by himself. He's going to do it again. Final. No, he Pittsburgh. didn't.
4: He didn't hold the ball. Okay.
3: <laughs> he kicked the ball. <laughs> Pittsburgh Steelers, 24. Kansas City Chiefs twenty three on a last second Chris Boswell field goal. There you go. Is he All kicking right.
4: eight of them? Is What's that how that? you get the twenty four eight field goals?
3: <laughs> <I> hope not. <laughs> I had three times. Possible. <laughs> it yeah. is possible. Very possible. All right. There you go. Okay. Qua trivia, Brian. Do you have any? I do not. Okay, Dave. I know you do. Why don't well, you go ahead? This
0: is this is
4: great. My my trivia is not my typical trivia. Mine sounds more like a Brian Anthony Davis trivia, but we Ooh. all know what, what happened in Pittsburgh 49 years ago today. Yes. That this is, you know, the immaculate reception anniversary. Yes. My question is, I bet you, and Brian probably knows this because the, the, this is why I say it's a Brian answer. Um, where's the ball?
3: Well, I know that, that I saw a special on this where a guy had the ball, and he didn't he give it to the museum, uh, Carnegie Museum of in in Pittsburgh. I could have sworn it's in a vault somewhere. I don't know, Brian. Do you know? I have
0: no idea.
4: The report that I was able to ascertain is that it is in a bank vault in West Mifflin, Pennsylvania.
3: It's something because, like that. It's in yeah. a vault somewhere.
4: Now he's taken it out and done appearances with it for it was what the report is. But the, but the dude that got the ball um, was that he was there with his son. Um, they, I could, I'm not going to say the name uh he basically, he that says that he scooped up the ball during the melee um, after the extra point kick. Cause they remember they still used the same ball to kick back then. Okay. Um, he grabbed. He was there with the, oh, no, not with his son, with his nephew. He grabbed it and ran. <laughs> he grabbed it and ran, um, and he offered it back to the Steelers for lifetime season tickets. And they basically said to suck it. (laughs) No. Oh, my gosh.
3: I (laughs) thought for sure they would take him up on that. No.
4: They didn't. (laughs) Uh, It's easy for them.
3: Need those PSLs.
4: The reports are (laughs) that he's been offered as much as $150,000 for the ball and has not done it. It says that he has. He has kept it in a guarded bank vault in West Mifflin, and he will occasionally bring it out for public appearances. And it, uh, and he did bring it out for like the twenty fifth anniversary it's appearance, like and stuff fail. like that. So yeah, the, so that's like <laughs> the guys, the guys like, could I make the money or could I keep the claim, the fame? That if anyone wants to do anything with the ball, they got to talk to me. I just, I found that that's very interesting. It's in a bank, a guarded bank vault in West Mifflin, PA, from what I was able to ascertain.
3: So here's something that Mark Caballi of The Athletic put out on Twitter today. And I, I've, I've read it and I was like, this is fascinating. So obviously I was not alive for the Immaculate Reception. He said 49 years ago today, the Immaculate Reception happened. Here's a trivia question for you. Franco Harris scored with five seconds left. What happened in the final five seconds? What happened to it? And so there's people in the comments who are like, oh, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, what, what, what do you mean? They just ended the game. Like I, was, just-
4: I was watching that. I never got what the answer was. I wanted to know is it
0: there brian well from what i know is they uh the uh officiating crew went into the pirates dugout and they were they were conferring they're like we are not going to get out of here alive and from what i understood they said all right ball game
3: no they actually cleared the field kicked off and there was an incomplete pass at the end of the game
0: i did not know that and oh. there's
3: people in the comments are like yeah there's they you know they had people that rushed the field they got cleared off the field. They were still standing on the sideline. One guy was standing next to Mean Joe Green, and a guy offered Mean Joe Green a beer on the sideline <laughs> before the game was over. You want to hear some? You want to, if you off Twitter, go to Twitter, go to Stan Saverin, who put out on Twitter, like, hey, if you were alive, tell us what you were doing. And that game was blacked out in the Pittsburgh area.
0: My dad and a bunch
3: of relatives went to a
0: hotel room to watch that game because yeah. it was they had to get it closed circuit
3: right it was blacked out so everyone was like I listened to it on a radio one guy was like my dad and I were working on a car in the in the garage listening to it on the radio could you imagine not getting to watch that game because it was blacked out locally oh my goodness and, and that would see be incredible.
4: for for those people out there that are, that are fans of the show this is us so they highlighted this game as like when the, the couple had their first date and they're like everyone's like oh did you see the game earlier today did you see and everyone's like that's a complete screw up on the show. Well, first of all, they're walking around you know with without a jacket on going to a carnival. I'm like, it was December 23rd. Wasn't it? Was it pretty <laughs> yeah. cold out that day, Brian? I mean, you would know a little bit more about the weather that day. I, I don't
0: know. Uh, was, I was a year old, but yeah, I, I mean I, I, did. I,
4: I, I thought maybe your dad would tell I mean, but 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 so that that was the other thing is that people like people in Pittsburgh didn't see the game, they had to listen to it. Most of the people, you're right, Jeff, is, is that they heard it.
3: Yeah, it's it's pretty crazy. Like I said, go to Stan Saverin's Twitter, see it, and just read the comments underneath it. It like, it's just some incredible stories uh, about that day. Whether it was people were there, one guy was like, "It was my first game I ever went to." Was in the end zone that Franco ran into. Could you imagine your first ever game at Three River Stadium is the immaculate reception game, and you get to see that play from the end zone where Franco is running in? I just that's just like, mind blowing. I
0: had a great opportunity about 13 years ago to drive a gentleman to the airport that was at that game. And he was a big part of that game. And his name was John Fuqua. You might know him as Frenchy Fuqua. <laughs> so I drove him to the Dulles airport from Chantilly at an aut- autograph section session and they asked me to take him and first of all one of the nicest men around gave me his home phone number i actually talked to him on the phone a few times why's he coming well,
4: on the show
0: yeah I, i'm <laughs> working on that <laughs> definitely working on that boy that guy's gonna be popular this time next year for the 50th anniversary oh yeah but just a really cool guy and he's like he said to me he's like brian i have been offered 150,000 dollars from espn to tell the full story and i will never tell this is a guy that has made a career out of that one play where the ball deflected off of him or a defender he even has chocolate bars called the immaculate confection this guy this guy (laughs) has made a great career out of it he is a fantastic speaker he's a fun guy um i love frenchie fuqua and just a very good dude and i got to witness that very same day he having a conversation with franco harris and then posing for a picture with their arms around each other and it was just really cool um i even said to him like my dad's a huge fan of yours and uh we said call him up so we called up we got on the cell phone called up my dad he was talking to my dad um I I love the publicity that he's going to get next year. Couldn't happen to a better guy, a fantastic person and he's like I'm not going to tell you but but I know what happened. <laughs>
3: I think it's funny when people may you know make comments about what players wear, stuff like that. It's like, do you realize like Frenchy Fuqua back in the 70s what he used to wear? What do you have? The uh platform shoes with goldfish in them. Yeah. You're filled with water and there was a live goldfish. In I asked shoes. him about
0: that. He said yeah, he had to change the goldfish a, a, a few times, but he would dress like a complete pimp with uh yeah with velvet uh so I got to see him again. And I took him the Sports Illustrated. He didn't have the copy of it, but there's a Sports Illustrated with him dressed as like a complete in his complete outfit next to like the 375 sign at Three River yeah. Stadium. And uh, I took it to him and uh, he loved it. So I uh, just, just a fantastic dude. In fact, the autographed picture that I have from him has his phone number on it.
3: <laughs> <laughs> I'll never tell his way he signs autographs most of the time. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> okay um so listen tomorrow is christmas eve um i wanted to give us a chance as i, I guess our final thoughts we can talk about it, whatever you want but it's christmas eve tomorrow friday and then christmas day saturday and then sunday on the day after we're gonna get to watch the steelers play the chiefs at four twenty-five. um dave uh any christmas messages for the fans out there
4: enjoy every christmas yeah you never – don't take for granted um, what what you, the time that you get to have. Because usually, you know, if if you get a chance, spend it with family. I know not everyone has the opportunity to. But when you do, make sure you appreciate it because before you know it, it's going to be gone. My kids are still little. I now have a teenager. This is my first Christmas with a teenager. Um, Jeff, that will also be the same for him as well.
3: Yeah, my son. Um,
4: so – it it goes by fast um i sometimes you get reminded that the things that you take for granted might not always be there so it's true when it comes to the Steelers. We say that all the time. Don't take for granted Ben Rollsberger. Don't take for granted the time with Mike Tomlin. Don't take... If anything else, you got to go back and listen to, to last week's What Yin's Talking About and their or Christmas Carol. It, it, it spelled it out really good as a Steelers fan. And it was hilarious, by the way. Yeah. But I, on a serious note, just, just take everything that you can this holiday season and, and appreciate what you have, when you have it. It's fantastic. And... Then, you know, turn around and enjoy Steelers game on Sunday.
0: There you go, Brian. Gentlemen, 16 years ago today, I was driving to Maryland to meet my wife's parents for the first time. And I did not get there because in Christmas traffic, I hit a lot of wind, lost control of my car and flipped it over a couple times. And, it landed upright, completely totaled the vehicle. People were running towards me um, when I got out of the vehicle and said, sit down, you're in shock. And I was fine. I, I went to the hospital. I was fine. And my in-laws-to-be said, you know, if uh, if you didn't want to meet us, you could have come up with a better solution than wrecking your car. <laughs> but that was one of those Christmases. And it, it was the Christmas that the Steelers went on the run to win the, win the Super Bowl, And the next day was when Debo slammed down the fan and they won 45 to three or 45, nothing or, or something like that in Cleveland. And I remember being so sore and remembering how special it was that I was okay. And I had all these people around me that, uh, that uh, were just concerned about me when I just thought it was a little scrape because I got out and I I was fine. And I have, I have never forgotten that day. And I eventually got to meet my in-laws, my future in-laws. And I had my, I knew that I was going to have my future wife around me with the way she treated me during that whole time. But it's not what you get under the tree it's the gift of life that you've gotten a long time ago that counts the most and the gift of family and friends and people that care about you. If you're in a situation where you don't, um, your life might be changing a little bit, where you might be having some transition in your life where uh, where you have loss or somebody's not around, you still have so much worth. And there's so many people that care about you. And when that happened, I realized there's a lot of people that care about me. And so I just want everybody out there to know how much I care about you. You could be driving in your car two days from now. And like Dave mentioned somebody before that that we never seen the live chat, but checks us out every time, you're family to me. And I really appreciate all that you do. This is a blessing to have this platform that we have. And it's so wonderful. And at Christmas time, I remember all of you. I remember my great friends, Jeff Hartman and Dave Schofield, and I think their families are like my family, and I could name everybody on the BT, in the BTSC family that I love so much and how, how many people i met here. So God bless you one and all, and thank you for being a part of my family and our family.
3: Couldn't have said it better. I mean, to be honest with you, it literally is just one of those days where you know, a lot of people that might find themselves in a very precarious situation this year, don't be afraid to start a new tradition. Yeah. That's what I'm going to say. Um, you know, it could be like, wow, I'm only home with my, my parents, but this is my first year that I'm by myself or I'm with my family now, or maybe it's your first, uh, it's exciting because you have a child now and you have your first Christmas. I know that this year, more than any year with my ride or die crew, uh, I got messages like, Jeff, we just welcomed a new Steeler fan into the world. Like, that's insane. Like, that's awesome. I mean, as a father of five, like, every single one of them is so unique and so special. Enjoy the heck out of it. Like, seriously, just have fun. Take it all in. You know, to just literally just absorb everything that you can. And then uh, there's a song that Dave brought to my attention from Ray Charles called The Spirit of Christmas, which a lot of people have redone. Excuse me. Rob Thomas of Matchbox 20 actually does a really good rendition of that Mm -hmm. song. And when you think about it, it's like why can't the spirit of Christmas remain all throughout the year? Like that's my ultimate goal for 2022. I feel so much happier around Christmas time. I'm much more forgiving and peaceful. I need to do that all the time. I need to be that way all the time. Like, and let's try to think about that as we move throughout the year. But honestly, anyone that checks out our podcast, we are very thankful for everyone that takes time. I hope that you all feel like, you know, us, if you're, if you feel that way, then we're doing our jobs. So, Uh, For all of us Behind the Steel Curtain, thank you. And by the way, we didn't take a break. That was not a mistake. Uh, This is what it's going to be like on YouTube shows from now on. We're just going to go straight right through. And on the podcast side, you'll get one, one show, one download. There you go. So, all right, gentlemen. Good show, Dave. Why don't you send us out? There you go. All right. Merry Christmas. Hey. There you go. We'll see you next week. Getting ready for the brownies. Take it easy.
1: 18- Plus.